with them today. Oh, I love the Word of God. Why don't we go into it? Why don't we open it? Why don't we study this today? If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 is where we're going this morning. We are continuing in a study of the end times. We are looking into some prophecies that have been written and foretold for our benefit. We are looking at a study of the last days. Church, I have an announcement for you this morning. Jesus is coming soon. When's the last time somebody told you that? When's the last time you were reminded Jesus is coming, and I like this last word on the end, soon. Jesus is coming soon. How many are ready for the rapture? Yes? Well, let me, let me, it's a bit of a loaded question, actually. Because being ready for the rapture, there's more than one way to be ready for the rapture, okay? There's the obvious. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into a sinful world. God loved the world so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the sinful world to rescue the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we, we ready ourselves for the rapture by accepting this plan. Speaking of gifts, God's gift to us is the gift of everlasting life. We accept this freely from God. No strings attached. There will be a change that occurs, but it's a free gift that we accept. This is one way that we can be ready for the rapture. Now, having explained this, how many, with this in mind, are ready for the rapture? Let me see your hand. You've given your life to, to God's Son, Jesus Christ, You've asked him to come in and cleanse you of wrong. You've asked him to forgive you of sin. This will make you ready for the rapture. If you've not done this, you better pray that the rapture doesn't happen anytime soon. But if you have, then you ought to be praying, even so, Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody. Even so, Lord Jesus. Come and come quickly. This is one way that we can be ready for the rapture. Here's another way that we can be ready for the rapture. When we are raptured and we stand before the great judge, the righteous judge, we hear him say, well done. Good and faithful one, I trusted you with just a little bit. Now, come on up here. Because I'm going to make you ruler over a lot. Another way, folks, that we can be ready for the rapture 
is that those who accepted the first gift of God's Son now are letting as many people know about it as possible. If you're not being effective to build the kingdom and to be the witness that God has called you to be, you're not really ready for the rapture. Not in this regard. I don't want to be too, too harsh on anybody today, but I also want us to have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to us today. That's the only way we can be changed. See, sometimes the word comes forth as a balm and as a salve, and it's like an ointment and a healing, and it just penetrates into those hurting places, doesn't it? And it's so wonderful. Other times, the word of God comes in as a, as a, a surgeon's scalpel, and it cuts. But it cuts away the cancerous things, the gangrene that has maybe built up in, in our spiritual lives that must be cut away. I feel the word of the Lord may be a little cutting today. But we say, cut away. <laughs> because God knows what's best for us. Are you at Luke chapter 18? Eight verses I'll read for you. I want you to follow along, starting with verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. King James Version here says, and faint not. Verse 2 saying, There was a certain city, in a certain city a judge, who did not fear God, nor did he regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a long while. But after a while he said within himself, Though I do not fear God or regard man, Yet because this widow troubles me and won't leave me alone, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wear me out. The Lord said to, then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said? And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Father, we thank you for your word today. We know that it is life-changing, and we believe that it is in the process of changing this life. I pray everyone in the room, God, would be changed by your word. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's important as we study this passage, this parable, that we keep it in its proper frame. I'm not a big fan of finding a scripture and making it fit your agenda. I think we need to keep the Word of God in its proper context, which is what I'm trying to do for you today. So, with that in mind, if you have your Bibles open, you need to back up out of Luke 18, just a few verses. Because I want us to see what, was, what the heart of uh, Jesus was trying to say here. What was God trying to say through this parable? If you back up to Luke chapter 17, you'll find in verse number 34, he says, I tell you, in the night 
there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken. The other one left. Two women will be grinding together. One will be taken. The other one left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. So the top of this parable is about the end times. You go to the end of the parable. Verse Number eight, he concludes this parable by saying, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, here he is again talking about the end times. He's trying to point the disciples and the listeners that day to the end times, to the last days. This is a parable for the end times. And so it is a parable for us today. The focus of our, our time together this morning is going to be praying. Folks, we should be praying as the end times approach. As we draw closer to the last day, whenever that is, we should be praying. So how should we be praying in the last days. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. We should be praying instead of fainting. Verse 1 of our text here today, he spoke a parable to them saying, men always ought to pray and not lose heart, not faint, not give in, not throw in the towel, not wave the white flag of surrender. Church, as we approach the last days, the end times, we have a responsibility to dig in and pray like we have never prayed before. Praying instead of fainting. Praying instead of just shrugging our shoulders and saying, I give up. I can't handle anymore. And that's what happens. Believers all around the world who have been attacked, who have come under scrutiny, who have gone through struggle, who have found themselves weak, instead of continuing in their prayer during that troublesome time, they just give up. And what a privilege we have of prayer. How many have ever prayed and God heard and answered your prayer? How many of that has happened more than once? How many of that is a routine event in your life? You pray and God hears and God answers your prayer. So why aren't, we, why aren't we praying more? When the times get tough, when the difficulties come, when we feel like giving in, that's the time we should pray. The Bible is filled with invitations from God himself to pray. I found this one in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. God said, call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I can't even read that without smiling. It just brings such joy to me. God invited me to pray. He said, call on me, and I'll show you things that will blow your mind. I'll show you things you've never even seen before. I'll show you things you've never even thought of before. What a great invitation for us, church. Pray. John chapter 16, verse number 24 Jesus said, until now you've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. 
Prayer is always appropriate. But in our crisis times, church, we should be praying, not fainting, not giving up. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Don't just throw that away. Don't just give that up. Hold fast to your confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was in all points tempted, just as we are, yet was without sin. Look at this. Verse number 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Wow. Jesus can relate. I like going to somebody who's been there and understands. It's kind of frustrating going to somebody who can't relate to what you're going through and the struggle, the weakness, the, the temptation that it speaks of here in Hebrews. You get tempted to give up. You get tempted to let go. You get tempted to get out. You need to go to somebody that you can talk to. You need to go to Jesus in prayer because this says he was tempted in every way that we are. Every way that mankind is tempted, Jesus has been tempted himself. But he overcame the temptation. It says he was tempted in every area, in all points, it says, just as we are, yet he didn't give in to it. Yet he was without sin. So we can go to him when we're weak. We can go to him when we're tempted. Instead of giving up, instead of fainting, instead of losing heart, we, as the last days approach, should be praying. Now you've already said that tomorrow morning you're going to pray with me and with this congregation, a good many of you, that we're going to pray that God would be glorified in our lives. We've been praying for an awakening of the spiritual gifts. How many are still praying that the, the gifts that God has put in you would be aroused and would be awakened in you? Wonderful. Good. So we start praying these things as the end days approach, as the end times approach. So powerful. We should also, church, understand that in the last days, there's going to be, it's going to be rough. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. How many feel that? Am I the only one that sees this? Am I the only one that feels this? I think it's getting worse, Karen. I really do. Then this is a sign for us. Right? Look at this in 2 Timothy. This just blew my mind this week. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Can you bring that up? But know this. Don't be surprised. It's already been prophesied. It's already been foretold. Know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, 
disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And to top it all off, <laughs> they think they're godly. Wow. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. Denying its power. What's the Bible say right there at the end? And from such, run away. Turn away. Do not associate. Part of the problem for some, even in this room, is the people you're associating with. Bad company. I believe that. That's not in the word of God, but the principle is bad company corrupts good morals. I heard somebody finish it for me. Folks, in the last days, the perilous times that are coming, and I believe that are already upon us, I mean, do the checklist with me. Come on, bring it up one more time for me. Do this with me. Uh, lovers of themselves? Sound like today? Check. Lovers of money? Could it be any more prevalent than today? Check. Boasters? Check. Proud. Blasphemers? Disobedient to parents? I've never seen the like. Total disregard for authority, including law, including parental, including uh, teachers, disobedient, disrespectful, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, check, 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 check. What else needs to happen as we look to the last days, perilous times? We better be praying. What needs to happen as we approach the end times we need to be in prayer more than we ever have been in our lives. It's not time to give up. Church, it's not time to, to faint. It is time to dig your heels in. It's time to get on your, on your knees. It's time to get on your face. It's time to lay before the Lord. It's time to get to the altar. It's time to get to the house. Grab hold of the horns of the altar and start praying about it. And that's good preaching whether you like it or not. It's time to pray. We should be praying instead of fainting. Secondly, we should be faithful in praying. There was a certain, in a certain city, verse 2, a judge who did not fear God. And he had no regard for mankind. And here was a little old woman. She had lost her husband sometime back, sometime back. How many widows we have in the house here tonight, today, this morning? Got a handful of widows? You ever find yourself in need? You ever find an adversary on your heels, breathing down your neck? Mm-hmm. Well, I know one adversary, for real, that will do that. The devil, our adversary, and know what the Bible says, and what the Bible calls him, right? Here's some widow woman. She'd had all she could take of the enemy, all she could take of her adversary, and she wanted justice. So she came to the judge, an unjust judge, an unrighteous judge. 
did have, he had no regard for God, and he had no regard for mankind. But because she just kept on, and she was persistent, and she was faithful, she went every day, she may have gone several times a day, every time she'd see him, she'd say, remember, judge, avenge me of my adversary. Finally, he said, I've had all I can take of her. I'm going to grant her her request just so she'd get off my back, just so I don't have to hear her anymore. Jesus said, how much more our Father, who is a fair and just judge, who is full of love and cares for mankind, cares for men and women, they're his children, how much more will he avenge our enemies? We need to be as faithful as this widow woman, even more so, just continuing to go to the Father in prayer. Now, how many believe that when you pray, God hears you, and he hears the first time you pray? So some people have this mindset of, well, God heard me, and so I don't want to ask him for this again. Because maybe it's a lack of my faith, or uh, all kinds of nonsense gets mixed in here. This, to me, lets me know we can just keep on coming to the righteous judge, to a loving, loving, caring God who understands that we're human, we're frail, we don't have it all together, we're not, we, we don't have it all, all right. So, how many are, are in physical pain right now? You, you've, you're in this room and you've got a physical need and you're even in pain right now. You're probably praying about this a lot, I would say, or you should be. I would, I would encourage you every morning, you keep on praying that God would heal you. Keep asking the righteous judge who cares for you, Norm, who loves you, and he is our healer. You keep on asking, whatever the ailment is, whatever the pain is, keep on praying. Keep on asking. Remain faithful as we approach the last days. Be faithful in your prayer. Don't give up in this. It's not that God didn't hear you. It's not even that the answer isn't in motion. I believe it, it is. But we continue to ask. And when you ask, let me add this, it's important that you give God thanks. Come on, we ask God for what we will and what we ask. If we ask believing, the Bible says we can have it, we can receive it, but it's important, church, that we give God thanks. Father, I'm praying today that you would heal my body. You know my situation. I prayed about this yesterday, but I thank you today, God, that I have the opportunity to bring you this request again. I believe that you are my healer, and I'm, I'm believing that you will heal me today. I'm asking you to heal me today, and I'm going to thank you while I wait for the answer. I thank you that there is a bomb in Gilead. I thank you that nothing is too hard for you. I thank you that healing is the children's bread. You just offer your prayer of petition, but you also offer thanksgiving to God. Very, very important. But just keep on praying. If you've got a financial situation that you're going through right now, keep on asking. Keep on petitioning the Lord concerning this. We should be faithful in our prayers, consistent. Sometimes we act as if God was the unjust God, as if he doesn't care about us. 
we get our feelings hurt and we go sulk in a corner somewhere. Don't misunderstand, folks. God is loving. God is fair. And God cares for you with, a, with, a, with a, an ability and a love that is so great. Finally, we should be found praying when Jesus comes. When Jesus returns, will he find you praying? Now when I say this, I'm not talking about will he find you on your knees at an altar? Will he find you in your prayer closet? Will you actually be saying words that are a prayer? That's not what I'm saying. That would be really cool if that happened. I was, I was laying on the, on the altar and, and the trumpet sounded. Wow, what a way to go. Wouldn't that be great, Pastor? That'd be awesome. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm saying, will he find you praying? Will you be a person of prayer? Because the Bible says to pray without ceasing. How many have ever felt that is impossible, found that to be impossible? Praying without ceasing? That's not saying, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's an attitude, folks. It's, I have become a person who prays. I'm, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm, I'm all of these things, but I'm also this. I'm a man of prayer. That's what I want to, as part of what I am, I want to be known as a man of prayer, which means I pray. I pray every day. I pray for you every day. I pray for the board and their families every day. Claudia, I'm lifting you up every day, sis. You and Mark and your children are on my hit list. Floyd and Debbie, you're on my hit list every day, you and your girls. Every board member and their families, every staff member and their families, they are going to be lifted up in prayer whether they like it or not. Good. That's what I'm saying. Will you be found praying when he returns? Because the question came. He ended the parable by saying in verse number 8, look at it. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. We didn't even take time to really say thank you, God, for that. Why don't we just do that right now? First of all, before I pull out a little bit in this last sentence, somebody ought to just thank God that he said he was going to avenge us from our enemy speedily. What, he, what God does, he's going to do quickly. He's going to do it right. He's going to do it expeditiously. Hallelujah. He's a righteous judge that will hear us and will answer us. Uh, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? It's a question that is actually left unanswered. Charles Spurgeon, the great theologian of old, said, if such faith is to be found, Jesus is the one to find it. Will he really find faith on the earth? I know I, I've said this, and as we continue in this study, you'll hear me say it again. I'm just giving you fair warning. I'm going to work this because I want God to teach us. I want God to show us some things, folks. What if we are 
the living generation before the rapture? What if God is entrusting us who are alive right now to be the ones to do that end time harvest? Wow. Well, then we've got to be praying. We better be praying. We need to be praying. There's so much work to do. There's so much responsibility that will be put on each of us. We can't do this on our own. That's why I'm praying that you would ask God to arouse in you and awaken in you the gifts that God has put in you. He's put them there so you can be more effective for Him. Not about you, all about Him. More of Him, less of me. As the end days approach, as the last days arrive, as we step into we need to be people of prayer. Praying, not fainting. Praying faithfully, continually, persistently, and simply found praying upon his return. Tonight we are going to be spending some time in prayer and I want to invite you back as we gather around the altars spending time in prayer about our role in the last days. God, what do you want me to do? What shall I say? I believe that God has strategically placed each person in the room on an assignment. Have you ever thought that you were on an assignment? Your workplace is not by chance or, or happenstance. You didn't stumble into that. I believe God has placed each person on an assignment. The neighborhood you live in, assignment by God. This church, for those who call this their home, it's an assignment working together to build the kingdom. I want you to bow your heads. Father, we recognize the end is coming. And we do say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And oh, how we long to leave this world and all of its trial and temptation, all of the frustration and struggle that we go through, we can hardly wait to leave that behind. But yet there's another part of us that if we'll be honest, there's more that we could be doing more that we could be saying. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would prompt us throughout our day, starting off our days, and throughout the week, prompt us to pray and to go to 
times of prayer so that we could fully understand what our assignment is, why we are wired the way we're wired, why we have the giftings and abilities that we have, all for your glory, all for your kingdom. And we pray again today, Lord, that it would be all about you, more of you, less of me. Just before we dismiss, I want to ask this question. Is there anyone here today that you've not surrendered your life to Christ? Or maybe you are just not in right relationship with Him. I believe that God has brought you here today so that He could connect you back to Himself. I'm very thankful that God's plan for everlasting life is a simple plan. The Bible says, All who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So if you're here today and you're tired of living the life that you've been living, you're ready for a change, you want to ask Jesus to come in and live in you and help you to live a life for Him, you want to ask Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord, I want you to lift your hand right now we want to pray for you before we leave this room. Lift your hand now. Anyone? Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Who else will have courage today and say, Pastor, I'm ready for a change. I'm tired of living my life the way I've been living. I need God in my home. I need God in my life. Lift your hand right now and let me pray for you. You'll never be the same again. If you're serious about this, I'm going to challenge you. This is, this is going to take some courage and gumption. I'm going to challenge you to get up from where you are and come and shake my hand right here at this altar and let us pray with you and let us lead you. If you've lifted your hand, as everyone stands, come on, church, I want you to make your way from where you are. Come right here and shake my hand, and we've got some prayer counselors that are going to help, and they're going to lead you in a prayer of repentance and forgiveness. Come now. Come now. Be glorified, glorified. Lord. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. William, nice Be to see you, buddy.
glorified. Come on, somebody be glorified, Lord. Be, be glorified. glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. Is there anybody else? Come on, meet me right here. Meet me right here at this altar. Let us pray with you. Your life will never be the same again. God will radically transform you. Turn your life around. Is there anybody else? You'll just meet me right down here. Come on, let me pray with you today. Surrender to God's plan. Surrender to God's plan today. Jesus be glorified. Jesus be glorified. Be glorified in the heavens. Be glorified in the earth. Be glorified in this temple. Say Jesus. 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 One more time. Jesus. Jesus. Be thou glorified. Be thou glorified. Be thou glorified Father we thank you this afternoon for your presence in this place God that's our prayer Father not just some days of the week God but every day that you would be glorified in our lives God that people would see the difference in us Father because we have the light of life living in us Lord and I pray that that would be our prayer this morning Lord God, I pray that we would be consistent and persistent in our prayer. God, that you would find us praying, God, when you return. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that it would change us forever. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen.